Hello, hello. Welcome to the Beyond Aesthetics podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Tiffany Orr. My name is Jessica Peterson. And we are so happy you guys are here. And we have a really exciting episode for you today that we know is number one when it comes to building your business and your brand and working as a service provider. Um, This is for all of our estheticians and beauty professionals, really probably anybody who's running a business, but primarily this is for our beauty professionals. Yeah. And literally any type of esthetician, any type of beauty professional, it doesn't matter. So yes, for sure, when you are growing a business, this is king, absolutely. But at the same time, if you're in the treatment room working at a med spa or a day spa, same. (laughs) So this is one of those conversations that literally it doesn't matter what type of position that you are in as a beauty professional. This is the most important conversation that we are ever going to have with you by far. Yeah, this is going to be foundational. Um, So yeah, whether you are an owner, whether you're a solo SD, especially even if you're a student, take note um, because we have have a lot of insight on this. We feel really strongly about this topic. So what we're going to be talking about today is client relations, client relationships, how foundational they are for your business. Again, however that looks for you. Um, so real quick though, let's back it up. I want to, um, for anyone who's just tuning in, reiterate what this podcast is all about. So beyond aesthetics is, um, you know, it's been our passion project. Jess and I are both estheticians. We both worked in the treatment room. We both have, you know, businesses within the skincare industry, and we feel really strongly about, Um, paving the way, I think is a good way to put it for other beauty professionals to um, level up within our industry. What do you think, Jess? Leveling up in your life, leveling up in the industry. (laughs) This podcast is really just all about being all encompassing. And, you know, we talk about so many different things on the podcast, like, you know, lots of personal development. We just released our balance little mini episode last night. And so, you know, it's very all encompassing and very integrated. And I just would say that the reason for that is because I myself personally and Tiffany personally and literally everybody that I work with either as, um, you know, in my rep position, but also in the coaching groups that I've done. And now Tiffany is co-hosting our most recent mastermind and coaching group. And I will tell you guys what, as the personal development grows, the professional development grows too. And so we really feel strongly that the two go hand in hand. And that is why our episodes and the things that we talk about integrate both. And I love creating this space. And that's what we're trying to do is create a space of personal and professional development within the beauty industry to take our industry to another level, but also to help you guys take your life to another level. Um, also, we definitely have an intention to create a new breed of estheticians, a new like era of estheticians who are really about growth in all areas and can come from such a open heart space versus you know kind of more of a I don't I don't know because I don't want to paint this in a negative light, but you know just very non judgment, very open, very loving, very service oriented creating an insane amount of trust and building a brand. And, you know, I've always said for a long time, and now Tiffany has joined me in saying this, that you really, really want to position yourself as the type of esthetician who anybody knows that they can come to at any point 
and confide in you and tell you the entire truth so that you can become their trusted advisor and create that based relationship with them. So this podcast is really about those two things and it's something that both of us are very, very passionate about. And that is why we call this a passion project. <laughs> and and this is literally like our favorite part of our weeks and months is when we get together and just get to have these conversations. And it feels so good to put that out there to, you know, hundreds of people and, um, you know, see who really resonates with that. So we do appreciate you being here. And that is what we're all about. That was so beautiful. <laughs> You have such a wonderful way with words. Thank Thanks. you for that. I slept, I slept really good last night. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> show um, okay. With that being said, let's get into it. Client relations and the importance. So really your relationships with your clients are foundational for your success, especially long-term success. And really how to build a healthy client relationship um, I recommend, and I think I'm so passionate about this, is to focus on service and connection and community. And those are foundational. That's what I always go back to. That's where I started my business, where I continue to pour into my business is truly through connection and community and always service, always meeting your client where they are at and meeting their needs. And what I mean by that is when you have a client come in your door for a facial, if she wants to talk, you let her talk. If she wants to fall asleep, you let her fall asleep. If she wants to sit and cry, you let her cry. And it's really about putting your own needs aside and leaving them at the door, leaving them in the car before you get to work stripping yourself down to be that trusted advisor, to be that safe space, to be that listening ear, to be there to serve your client wherever he or she needs you to be. And of course, it's probably going to be different on a day-to-day basis and on a client-to-client basis. And that can get tricky because, you know, you have one client come in and she's, you know, maybe has some struggles in her life and she's crying on your shoulder and you have to be there for her in that aspect. And then the next client, you know, just got a promotion and she's feels so excited and, you know, you have to be there. So I do feel strongly that most estheticians and beauty professionals, though, have this gift that we can pivot really easily with our clientele. But again, going back to service, connection, and community. And we will get into the specifics of that on how you can do that within your business or your practice. Yeah, relation, it's exhausting. You know, I find honestly that being in the treatment room at the end of the day, I think people are surprised at how tired they are when they get home from work. And I think that that's why is because we really are pouring into people and our clients' energy. It's like it just varies so much from person to person. But I do feel that the majority of beauty professionals really have a knack for navigating that. You know, we do tend to usually work from our heart space, you know, and so we can really, like most of us do. But it, it can be a little bit exhausting, but it is the most important aspect of being an esthetician or a beauty professional in general. There's nothing more important than that. And the reason for that is because this is – so most people grow their businesses from word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And so there's reasons why this is so foundational because not only do we need our clients to rebook and to stay on our books, but we also need them to refer people to us and we want to keep them around for a very long time and we want them buying from us as well, you know, and as we grow and evolve, we really want them to grow and evolve with us, you know, when we do price changes when we bring in different services and different things like that, we want our clients to, you know, join along in that, you know, when we bring microneedling into our business, we want them to, you know, be a little bit transitional in that. And so it helps our business to continue to grow. And, you know, another thing about that is that 
often when I'm working with people, they really want to fill up their books more and more and more, right? Like that's a really common thing. And I always kind of want to back people up and just say, that's fine. And and we can definitely do that. And I'll hold your hand the entire time and we can figure that out. However, are you maxing out your current relationships too? You know, mm-hmm. so instead of instantly thinking I need more clients on my book, I actually think it's a better idea to take inventory of where you're actually at with your current clientele. Are they purchasing from you? Are they referring people to you? Are they being a little bit more transitional with the services that you offer as you bring new services into your spa, your business? And taking a look at that and making sure that we really are solid in that essence. And so that's why this conversation is quite literally the most important conversation to have because your client relationships are what build your success. That's such a good point is to nourish the relationships that you have. Make sure you're pouring yourself into them as best as you can. You guys, less is or more is not always best. No. Sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. And I do see that. I think it makes a lot of estheticians and beauty professionals especially feel like they're not succeeding if their books are not 100% full, if they don't have X amount of clients that they see. Yeah, such a good point to really nourish and think about it like that, to nourish your relationships with your clientele, especially your ideal clients, the ones that are buying from you, the ones that want to spend their money from you, that are rebooking monthly to really pour into them. I Mm -hmm. love that point. And I think it's also really important how you touched on to think of this as long-term and to think of your business as not just a job, but in a career aspect. Hopefully you have the mindset where you're going to want to grow in some aspect. You want your clients to grow with you and um, basically think down the road long-term and then work yourself back from that aspect, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Beautifully said. Um, so... Make it about them. Meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about policies real quick because yeah. that is a wonderful way to help create boundaries with your clients. And if you're like me and you started your business and did not have any policies or systems in place and had to implement them later down the road, it's okay. It's very doable. It's a little harder because you do have to work backwards and you have to retrain your clients And it is hard to put boundaries and policies into place after you've been servicing these clients for years. That's okay. Lesson learned. (laughs) But truly putting policies into place do help create boundaries with your clients. And I think it's really important to get clear on what you want and what you don't want and create your policies around that. And practice, practice saying no, because your clientele will push back on those policies and that's okay. It's just, it's a way for you to grow and to get solid in those boundaries. Yeah. And boundaries and policies are there for both of you. And while you might have clients who do push back, most of them won't. I would say the majority of them are going to be really respectful of that. If they aren't, we don't really need them to be our clients and we can talk about that later. But you know, boundaries and policies are doing both of you a huge favor because a client can't respect you if you don't have boundaries. Like they just have no idea what the policy is. And that's a huge issue. So whether or not you're just getting started and putting your policies in place, or like Tiffany said, you're kind of trying to do this later, you really want to look at this as they actually need to know. You know, like people can only treat you the way that you allow them to. They can only respect you to the degree that you are asking them to. And so it's really for both of you. They need to know what what the policy is. You know, if they have an appointment booked with you and they get sick, 
you know, like the day before, the morning before, or if they like, let's say they have an appointment with you on Friday by Monday and Tuesday, like they're feeling pretty crummy. And we want them to know, like we have a 24 hour cancellation policy. So the sooner that you let me know, the better for both of us, right? So that when Wednesday rolls around and they're like, wow, I'm still feeling really gross. I am not sure how this is going to go on Friday. I definitely need to make sure that I cancel my appointment on time. And then that is going to save you from having to have that uncomfortable conversation with them about like, hey, I have a 24 hour cancellation policy. So I am going to, you know, because you just let me know an hour before your appointment. And then that's where a lot of the discomfort comes from because you didn't have a policy in place or, you know, they're not aware enough of your policies. And so it's, I really want to make sure that people look at that as like, you're really doing both of you a huge favor by having the policies and the boundaries set in place. Absolutely. And I think it there, I, there's a way to do policies kindly and it doesn't have to come from, you know, a mean place, which I think what happens and what I see a lot is when that happens, you as a service provider are already have this built up resentment because you haven't communicated your feelings and your your boundaries. And now it's gotten pushed to the fact where you're mad or you're upset. And then so I do see that a lot and it makes me sad to see that. So ways that you can tell your clientele about your policy, have them very clear. Being clear is kind and open communication is always best. And try to think of it like, you know, attacking the problem before the problem happens. Mm -hmm. And so create your policies. You could do that, however, and then share them and share them often and revisit them often. And you may find that you need to adjust your policies as you go, figure out what works, what doesn't, what you need to add. That's fine. As long as you continue to communicate that to your clientele. So you can post them on your social media. You can send, you know, an email. If you have a subscriber list, you can send a mass text. You can go through and individually text your clients. And I see I see this as a hangup for a lot of people that don't have automations like an email subscriber list, like a text subscriber list. And then you just think, or if you're not active on social media, I actually had a meeting with or a consultation with a stylist last week and she doesn't have those things in place. She's wanting to communicate some new changes within her business to her clientele. She's not active on social media. And she's like, well, I just, how am I supposed to tell them? without doing it, you know, when they come for their appointment and you can sit down and go through and text them individually. You just copy and paste, change their name. There are ways to do it. Yes, it's going to be a little bit more time consuming, but it's not, don't let that roadblock you from communicating with your clients. You can print them, put them in your Uh space. As they, you know, your clients come in, you can reference them and then just let them know that when they're going into place or however that looks for you and your business, Don't let those roadblocks get in your way. And honestly, your clients are going to appreciate it so much that you were very clear and that you communicated with them in a kind, open, honest way. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to appreciate that and it will reflect on how you guys continue your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your policies simple. Put them everywhere. Your website, your social media, maybe they're in a highlight you know, but you post it on your story like every month or something like that. You remind people every single month in your text automations or your email automations and you kind of or and also like on your menu, if you have a printed menu, put mm-hmm. it on your menu. You know, that's actually what like big resort spas do and day spas. So it, it's making them clear and it's also making them readily available and reminding people. Because if you're not constantly reminding people or talking about your policies, then it is going to fall to the wayside and then more discomfort is going to have to happen. Again, I see it happen all the time. Yeah. And it's, it is hard to have those hard conversations in person and to have to, you know, reference your policies when um, they aren't respected by your clientele. And so the more that you can share about it and you guys, if you're on social media and you share something one time, this is just a reminder that they probably didn't even see it the first time you shared it. Mm -hmm. And if they did, they didn't even read it all the way through. So 
share, 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 and share again, and mm-hmm. reference it often. Yeah. If you have a Facebook page, you can pin it to the top of your page. You can pin it to the top of your Instagram page too, I yeah. guess. Um, that would be another way that you could keep them relevant and keep them seen. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So good. Okay. Let's go back to connection and building connection and ways that you can do that. So a little backstory. Uh, I have, I live in a really, really small community and by small, I mean like 3000 people, sometimes probably less. And I, how I built my business is I've really focused on community and connection and ways that I have done that is by, of course, like hosting events and, um, little get togethers for my community. Um, we have like our sweet cheeks prom that we do every year. We have two in person, big in-person events that we host at our shop every year. And it's just, it's been so wonderful to see this community grow even without me, because now that connection within my own community has this community that yes, I'm the host of, but they built these connections and these friendships, even just online with each other, and they can lean on each other. And uh, it's been also helpful for me as this business owner and as I've grown my team to have this community because now they can help each other through certain skincare things or through product recommendations. And it's like all of the pressure just isn't on me alone anymore. And so that's been really nice. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a million ways to build connection um, between you and your clients and, you know, bringing the community aspect into it. And I would reference back to our initial uh, episode one of the social or sorry, part one of the social media discussion and, you know, how you are approaching your consultations with people uh, is going to be a really big one. And, you know, things like doing follow up with your clients. And um, so it's really little things like that. So, you know, to reference consultations, again, we always want to be sure that we are coming from a place of non-judgment. And so let's say we have a new client coming into the spa, whether it's your own treatment room or you're working, you know, for somebody else, I do feel like your instant thought needs to be, how do I create a long-term relationship with this person? Because you're going to have to build a lot of trust with this person. And that is how you gain connection because people have walls. And so when they're, when you're having your consultation with them, you know, besides how's your day, (laughs) you know, we always want to do a little small talk first just to gain a little bit of comfort. And then when you start to have the skin conversation with them, I love to actually lead into that conversation with, tell me what you're loving about your skin right now. Like, where are you having the most success? And that just really starts things on such a positive, loving note because we're addressing the things that we love first. And then you can get into you know, what, what would be one or two things that you might want to change about your skin or, you know, what are some of your top skincare concerns and have that conversation with them. And why that's important is because, you know, if you're a student listening to this in school, we definitely teach you how to pick things out on somebody's skin and you do have to be able to identify. And so we're kind of used to that process. But the truth is that in the real world, you really don't want to do very much of that, especially initially when you are creating a connection with a client because men and women are more self-conscious than we think. And so you don't want to plant any seeds that aren't already there. And that's where, you know, Tiffany says you really want to leave yourself at the door. And I couldn't agree more. We really need to be completely in tune with what their needs and concerns are so that we can start to address those exact things versus bringing in our opinion into it because they may not have the same concerns or see the same things that you do. So we have to stay really focused on that. So we need that information from them you know, where are you at with what you would want to change? What are some of your concerns so that you then completely tune yourself into them? And then, you know, 
when we're asked, so the next question would ideally be about what their current routine looks like. Now, I don't really care that much what other products you're using. That conversation can happen later. So initially with somebody, I actually get very clear that I, you know, what steps are you taking in your skincare routine? And I'll usually say, you know, not necessarily the products that you're using, but what are the actual steps in your routine so that then we can figure out, is this like a one minute person, you know, or average three to five minute? Is this a 10 minute person? We really need to gain that information so that we can meet them where they are. And we're not over-recommending product. We're not under-recommending. We're tailoring our treatment process, right? And getting those thoughts in place for ourselves. And so that's really important. And then also, as we had referenced in that episode, when they deliver information to you that you may not agree with, just don't go there, like especially initially. Something what they would have to be doing, for, especially for the first or second time that I see them, they'd have to be doing something so, so, so wrong for me to bring it up. But then I would just do it in a way where, you know, based on the goals that we were talking about earlier and, you know, what's going on with your skin, um, that could potentially be the reason why your skin is reacting this way. So, you know, I'm going to try something on you today or let me give you a sample or kind of show you and let you feel, you know, what we're looking for that might be more in alignment with, with what your goals are. And so you're saying it in a way that is like really, really loving. But coming from that place of non-judgment during that consultation is how we get their walls to come down so that we get the full truth from people. So that consultation, honestly, is where that is going to start. You know, they walk into your door or they book that appointment with you. And really even the the booking process, like when somebody, I love when I book somewhere that I haven't been before and I initially, I like get a message from them immediately, not even a text message, even if it's automated. I still love that. I still love just getting that welcome. You know, we're excited to see you. This is your appointment confirmation. So even just from that standpoint, you know, what do you have set in place for people that as soon as they get on your books, you welcome them? Again, whether or not that's personal or it's automated doesn't really matter. It's still, it like makes me feel really special, even though I've been in the industry for 20 years. I'm like, that's really rad. Like, I really enjoy that and think that that's really smart. And then that really carries through to even your follow up, which is, you know, I really watch closely what my, you know, my spa partners and the people that I coach and mentor, what they do with their clients after the appointment. And, you know, I watched my friend Sarah build Elevate so quickly. And to me, I actually think the best thing that she did and one of the best things that you do, and one of, you know, I do have many estheticians that do this, but she was the first one that I watched her follow-ups with people. And I was like, that is key here. That is key to building your relationships. And so making sure that you're checking in after their appointment or after they have purchased. And that can be however works best for the client. Like maybe on your consultation form that they fill out really quickly, you ask them, would you, you know, do you communicate best by text? or a phone call or an email, like what is the best way for me to reach out to you and following up with them? I would say like what time frame would you actually say would be ideal for your follow-up? I would say within probably three days, Mm -hmm. Um, probably no more than that, two to three days, depending on the service. Um, Yeah, I would say because it's going to take some time, especially if they've had a more invasive skin treatment or if they just purchased a product to use that. Um, But that is my recommendation. I don't know about yours. Yeah, no, I generally say anywhere between like two and five days is going to be a really good general time frame for you. But you know what? This is also where I see people start to get really lazy. Yeah. You know, so they might do it in the beginning and then they just kind of start to fall off. And so I think the best thing for you to do is actually schedule in your check ins, right? And so at the end of your day, you know, go now and put it on your schedule for whatever, three days from now, you know, that you're going to send that quick text message to check in. But I do find that that really leads to a lot of trust and connection with people to check in with them. Like my hair salon does that. 
I love that. It's really nice. I, you know, because then again, they're like, if you need anything, you know, if there's anything that you need to like, no big deal, just let us know. So I think that that is super, super important. Especially if you've recommended products and they didn't purchase at that time, it again opens that door for them to reconnect with you and be like, actually, you know what? My skin felt so amazing after this facial. I do want to buy that moisturizer that you Mm -hmm. recommended. It's just another avenue for you to connect. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to really quickly during your consultation where you referenced asking them what they're loving about their skin. I think that is so important and so such a beautiful way to build that foundation of trust and also to set the tone for your consultation because I see it a lot during a consultation when you right out of the bat say, what are what do you dislike about your skin? What are your skincare concerns? I will watch a client or a potential client actually pick apart, they will bring themselves down and because you've asked for it. So they're going to give you what you're asking for and they will pick their skin apart and even say things that are not necessarily true or that they didn't see already. They're trying, they're trying to please you as the esthetician and the skincare professional, because you are the expert. They're trying to give you, I guess, what they think you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. And that could be so far from the truth. And I think just starting with that, like building themselves up with a love and self-love is so important because how often do we look in the mirror and actually ask ourselves, what are you loving about? What do I love about my skin? You know, I don't even do that very often. So when you start your consultation with that, I think that is such a beautiful way and such a great foundation to set the rest of the tone for your relationship. And also, if you're not consulting with your clients at all, you need to work that in with every (laughs) single client. Mm -hmm. This is something where service providers also get lazy, especially with returning clientele is that consultation goes by the wayside because you learn their skin, they buy some products and you kind of, you kind of graduate them from kindergarten off until, you know, fifth grade and you think they're doing a great job. You need to consult every single time that you see them. It is so important. Yeah. I think you should always have a quick check-in with them, but I think you should do a whole other consultation every like six months to be completely honest with you. Like I would give them that original, you know, paperback or like however you do your consults and say, let's redo it. Let's check in because six months is a really good amount of time to get some really good results with somebody and get them, you know, into a really good routine. And so maybe now they're like really happy with where things are at, but maybe something else has come up for them or maybe you need to switch some things around. And that's also another really good opportunity to elevate the service that they've been booking with you, right? Maybe we want them to add in like a microderm session every other time or, you know, you get the gist. It's like a reconsultation with somebody opens even more doors for you and creates a bond all over again. It's so important to do. Yeah, it just re-solidifies the relationship you've built, but brings it to a whole nother level because they're going to respect you for caring and mm-hmm. having interest instead of just seeing them for their service. They come every so often and taking their money, right? Absolutely. I Absolutely. love it. It keeps you it it keeps you in service. Yeah. To them because yeah. it's actually it's really easy to get out of that space with people. What you're like, they're on my books they're buying product from me, like everything's fine. Right. And so that open heart service thing that you have going on can easily fall to the wayside uh, because you get very stagnant. And so rechecking in and having quick consults every single time, even if it's just like two or three questions, just real quick, but then doing a whole new thing is so important because it's going to keep you in that space with someone. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. What do you have on your list, Jen? Well, I also think – well, I definitely want to talk about how to navigate angry and dissatisfied or upset clients for sure. But, you know, another thing that I just jotted down was – selling product to them. And and this is one thing that I think surprises a lot of people when I'm having the conversation about relationships is how integral retail products are as a part of that process. And 
you know, my three main components to becoming the most successful esthetician possible, just as an esthetician, I'm not even talking about being a business owner whatsoever. I'm saying if you want to be the most successful, if you want to be the absolute best, there's three main components to that. Number one is relationships and building really solid foundational connected relationships with your clients and long-term. But the second thing is retail sales. And I'll tell you real quick, the third thing is to master your craft and just figure out what you're really good at and then just be the absolute best at that and you know create an experience that they can't get anywhere else but going back to retail sales it always surprises people when I say that one of the biggest things about retail sales is that it actually does create client retention and trust between you and your clients it kind of automatically puts you in the position of being their trusted advisor especially if you're really good at recommendations and they really fall in love with the products and then they continue to come back and and purchase more products. And so retail is actually another really, really big aspect of your client relationship success because of the bond that it creates. Now, they're not always going to buy from you the first couple times that you see them. Sometimes they do. Like Honestly, I would say it's like 60, 40, 70, 30 ish. You know, most people would be happy to buy one or two things from you initially, especially if you do really great with your consult and, you know, you start to create a really good relationship with somebody. But for other people, it's going to take some time and that's okay too. But yeah, I, I think that retail sales is just so, so important for creating that bond with people. Absolutely. Because, and I know. A lot of people get in their head that they don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be pushy. Okay. Let's like even you saying that, I get so triggered. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that about you. I get so triggered. Doing your clients a disservice by not selling them retail or recommending them retail because they're going to go home with this amazing skin after this amazing facial that you just did for them. And they're either going to be like, well, she didn't tell me what I should put on my skin. She's going to be confused. She's going to be lost. She's going to use either what she has, what she sees in her feed on social media, or she's going to grab something from the store. You guys, people are buying skincare somewhere. Somewhere. They're buying it somewhere. So they're either going to get it from you and it's going to be the right thing for them or very much the opposite. And that's a huge, huge problem. You know, like you just go into it with that thought in mind. They are going to go, they are buying their skincare somewhere, unless they're someone who's brand new getting into skincare. So they're, they're going to get it from you. It's going to be the, you know, the best thing for them. It's going to benefit you. It's going to create a better relationship with you, or they're not. And, and it's just so silly to me. And, you know, I retail sales is something I'm so passionate about is getting people like into the right mindset about it. You're only selling some somebody something in a really uncomfortable way if they haven't asked for it, right? Like, and that's that's where the discomfort comes from. There's a difference between a really positive sales experience, but to me being salesy is because you're trying to sell somebody something that they don't necessarily want or need. You guys, they are on your table. They are in your business. They are in your spa. They're in your salon because they're there for that. They're there for your help. They're there for a service and you're doing them a huge disservice if you don't help them with that part, especially skin and hair, beauty in general, um, is very 80-20. So the majority of the results that we're going to see with people, again, which is part of your bonding, part of your relationship. So 80% of that is going to come from what they're doing at home and 20% is coming from, you know, the services that you are offering. And so you're not being salesy. You're not trying to sell somebody something that they don't want, that that is literally what they are there for. And you have to keep that in mind because that is so foundational for your relationships and for your overall success. Yeah. Because if you if you're letting your clients leave without recommending what they should put on their skin or their hair or whatever, they're going to feel like you didn't serve them to the best of your ability because they know that you are the expert in this this area in this in your craft. And they're going to feel like, well, you know, either she assumed that, you know, I already had what I had going on, assumed I couldn't afford it. You guys never assume, never ever assume, and just come from 
with go into it with really good intention an open heart space and just educate them on, you know, if they're having some concerns, if they're having whatever, educate them on why this product will help them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have many more episodes about retail sales. It's something I can talk about all day, every day. It will be the first course that I create for people because I feel like it's what people really struggle with the most. And I, I um, not not saying this to be rude, but I think it's silly. Yeah, because it's really easy to to just switch your mindset and come from a completely different place and just watch your success really skyrocket with retail sales. So I'm I'm really passionate about it. I'm really excited to put more information out there. Let's talk about navigating, you know, the the angry, dissatisfied, upset clients, and how do we approach that with people? What what is your best advice? You know, this is this is a practice. This is a hard one. I would always approach an angry or dissatisfied or upset client with um, kindness and with just a loving approach because truly we can never again assume what's going on with them. And it's usually not about us. It's usually about them. And more than likely, if I had to guess, it's about something else that has nothing to do with you or the situation. It's just like the needle or the, you know, what's that saying? What am I looking for on the haystack? Not a needle in the haystack. The thorn in their side? What? I don't yeah, know. It's just like basically, <laughs> I don't know. basically the cherry on top yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's whatever pushed them over the edge. Projection. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you have an angry client and an upset client, and it's hard to own your spot in that. Mm -hmm. So I really do feel strongly about if you've wronged them, if something has gone, you know, if you have some ownership in that to own it 100%, to not make excuses, to not, to not default and place the blame somewhere else or on someone else, especially within the whether it's on your team or another practitioner or something like that or the front desk person or whatever like that just own it what are you what are your tips Jess? I couldn't agree more I think as soon as somebody is upset or dissatisfied or angry you know I have learned over the years that Tiffany is a million percent correct I think every once in a while you are going to get a one-off person who is literally just a jerk and but you know what we run into that very rarely in our industry I, I've seen it happen for sure and I actually want to talk about that in just a second but I agree I think you really just want to take ownership you want to come from a place of love and kindness and instantly tell yourself that this really probably doesn't have anything to do with you so that you I think the worst thing that we could do is start to get like defensive so just check yourself just take a deep breath and really listen to people um listen to what they're trying to say and just take ownership like I you know, I'm so sorry that this happened and you know what the thing is you guys when somebody's feeling a certain way it's valid because that is the way that they feel. And so trying to come in and like change their mind and get defensive and whatever, that just creates more of a rift uh, between you and then nothing really gets solved. And so the only way to really solve something is to just take the responsibility, like Tiffany said, take ownership and just come from a place of like, yes, you're right. I mean, you know, I've been in the service industry. I started waitressing when I was six, the day I turned 16. And so I really just learned over the years, the customer really is right. And the reason why they're really, now that doesn't mean we don't have boundaries, but the reason why they're right is because you cannot change somebody else's mind, especially initially if they're angry. You know, if they're angry, if they're dissatisfied, if they're upset, you kind of just have to let them be that way and just kind of validate it. But that will take me into my next point is that we do get one-off people who are just kind of jerks because they're looking for, I don't know what, free services, free product. But honestly, I think we can read that pretty well. Like I think when somebody's doing that or, you know, I was in a Facebook group, I I love getting into some of those Facebook groups and just seeing what people are struggling with. And and there was one girl who had this client that was like this very 
renowned person in the community. And she would literally like get her service and then all of a sudden be in a frenzy to leave and say, I'll pay you later and then not pay her, you know, and things like that happen and things like people wanting to return product all the time. I've definitely ran into that. And that's when you have to have a more uncomfortable conversation and kind of have policies and be open to just firing this person from being a client because they don't deserve to be your client at that point. And so there is that fine line, like when somebody's angry, dissatisfied and upset, you know, take the approach that we just talked about. But when it becomes something that you're like, okay, nope, this is that person who's trying to like take advantage and push and push my buttons and kind of see what they can get out of me or like whatever that is. I don't know. It blows my mind, but it happens. That's different. That's when we have to step in and probably let go of this person. Yeah. And especially if they, if you have referenced your policies and your boundaries Mm -hmm. and they still continue to disrespect them, you can still fire a client in a nice, loving, kind way. You can just say, you know what? I just feel like we aren't aligned and not a good fit. You can you can refer them to maybe mm-hmm. somebody else. Give them some options. Those, yeah, those are those are rare. I feel like, mm-hmm. and um, generally, when we have a dissatisfied or upset client, it's somebody who is our client, and we still need to nourish that relationship and try to repair it as much as possible. Because you guys. You also have to think about the repercussions on the other end of it. If you lose a client, again, word of mouth is so huge. When someone is angry and upset, they're going to tell their friends and their family and probably Facebook. And, you know, you kind of want to nip that in the butt as much as you can. And policies are great for that, for backing you up. There's mm-hmm. always, I always have think there's an exception to the rule though, especially if, you want to continue this relationship with your client. You don't want to lose them. They're a good client. Um, you can always, I, I, I get a little loose on my boundaries, not in a way that um, disrespects me or my team, but if there's a circumstance that calls for it, then I always try to fix the problem mm-hmm. by continuing to nourish that relationship as best that I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, it's, it is a fine line, but with time you're going to know, you know, so if this is, so I think a good example would be if somebody, you know, did get super sick the day of, I'm, but they're a great client, you know, you're like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be charging that 50%. Maybe I'm just going to let it go this time. And, you know, also reinforce the policy, but I'm going to let it go for them because I feel like keeping this relationship is much more important or, you know, they bought you know, products from me and they just really weren't happy, but this is such a great client. And I know that this is not a normal thing for them. So you're going to know that versus someone who, you know, continues to run out your door without wanting to pay you is a whole different story. (laughs) You know, so you'll learn how to navigate those and who to have that grace for, because it's more important to keep the relationship versus like, I don't want to keep this relationship. This is actually really hurting me. Then no, you really don't want to nourish that, but you want to let go of that client in the most loving way possible because word of mouth is such a big deal. And people do tend to talk about their negative experiences more than their positive experiences. I think it's human nature. And so, and then, yeah, being able to, if you have put your policies out there again and again and again, that's great because then you have that to back yourself up. And so if they were to jump on Yelp or whatever it is and leave a, a negative review, you can actually just reference underneath of it, you know, what your your policies were and everybody else is going to read that and read your response and be like, oh yeah, well, they're just kind of a jerk. <laughs> so, you know, take that review with a grain of salt. And um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into that, but I do think that you, uh, you really gain the ability to gauge who you would want to, you know, save that relationship with and who you definitely wouldn't. I was really surprised at some of those comments, um, that post, because there were people who were like, oh, well, just to get a credit card first. And yeah. Well, I was like, well, yeah, duh, like <laughs> definitely everybody should be doing that from the beginning. But I was like, oh no, 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 no. If if you have that much disrespect with the client that they literally are like running out of the room saying, I'll Venmo you later, and then they never do, or they're saying that they paid you and they like clearly didn't. 
we don't need this person in our life. Like that's insane. You know, so those are two very different things. Very, very different things. And also I see this a lot in the esthetician groups too. Um, Service providers complaining about their clients who do fall within their boundaries but they're still annoying. So I saw one the other day that said, I have this client. She always cancels her appointment right before her cancellation policy starts. And she does that continuously, but she'll still make her appointment. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. She still books it. She still books it. She'll show up for her appointment, but she'll cancel right before the cutoff time, multiple times before she comes in. And it was really annoying this esthetician. And I just thought there's, this is a you problem because clearly your client is doing what you want her to, but per your policies, per your boundaries. Yes, it can get frustrating, mm-hmm. but she's she's actually not breaking your rules. So you really don't have any ground to stand on to be upset with her. And so that is a hard one. So I feel like either adjust your policies or maybe have a conversation, be like, hey, I've seen that you've rescheduled 12 times. Is everything okay? You know, reach out to that client and just, but still, she's still falling within your policies and your boundaries. So I don't really feel like you have the ground or the room to be upset. Because That's interesting. don't know what, what they don't know. And if you're not communicating that clearly, then you really don't have the right to be upset. That's just my personal opinion. Mm, yeah, that is an interesting one. That's a really interesting one. And I agree. I think I I would just reach out and say, hey, I've noticed that, you know, you you do cancel a lot, you know, and thank you for uh, respecting my cancellation policy. That's awesome. I, I'm just a little concerned, you know, is, is there something going on? Is there maybe a better date and time, you know, that would work for your schedule better so that we don't, you know, continue running into this? And so there would just be such a beautiful, loving conversation that could be had, you know, versus being annoyed and, and being upset. Not that that's not annoying. It is, but they, like you said, they are following the policy. But yeah, I think a follow-up conversation just to check in with them, I think would be awesome. I have to do it all the time with my spot partners, you know, and I'm just like, okay, they're really not responding. They're they're not booking their trainings or they're not like responding. And, you know, and so I just reach out and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just getting a little bit um, concerned. here. <laughs> like, you know, what's going on with you? I'd love to just connect and I'd love to catch up with you and kind of see what's going on, see how things are going and, you know, versus being annoyed, like figure out what's actually going on and see if there is like a better way for both of you. And, and that's being of service. You know what I mean? You really don't know what's going on with people. Cause sometimes I get answers and I'm like, Oh dang. Okay. Yeah. Like what, no idea. what can I do? I had no idea that this was happening you know, just let me know what we can, I'll do anything for you. Like you, you really don't know. So I think checking in in a situation like that and being like, Hmm, what is going on with you? is always, you really want to come from that open space in your heart just versus that closed, annoyed, you know, angry, frustrated space in all of your relationships, but definitely in your, in your client relationships, that's going to be key. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. What do you have, what recommendation do you have for our service providers who have clients that are big energy suckers or energy takers? Now, these are clients that don't do anything wrong. They show up, they pay, they buy, and but they're, they're hard because they take a lot of energy. What do you mean? Can you... Um, maybe the clients who are really just taxing or exhausting. And by that, I mean, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but I think anybody in the treatment room can probably relate. We all have those clients or, and they're very seldom or few and far between, but they just take a lot of your own personal energy because maybe it's their personality. Maybe it's what they have going on in their life. Maybe it's whatever. So I'm not saying that they're a bad client. They're still a good client. And I have my own opinion on this. I'm just curious what your opinion is. 
Mm, I think that it's really important to stay grounded as much as possible. So I actually have and teach grounding techniques because a lot of times too, people are coming in from a busy day and that immediately, you know, or like you said, they have something going on in their lives or they're just really chatty. I mean, there's definitely people that have more of like a taking energy than a giving energy. And um, that that also fluctuates throughout people's lives. And so it's really important that you learn your own techniques to be able to stay grounded so that you, especially if you know ahead of time that this person is coming in figure out how to ground both of you together and to kind of bring your energy and their energy more to a neutral space. And that's energy work that not everybody is comfortable with or aware of, but I think the best place to start is figuring out how to keep yourself grounded so that you aren't taking too much of that in. So being prepared ahead of time, knowing that they're coming in, and then just learning your own grounding techniques so that you're not soaking too much of that up or you know, letting your energy be sucked because it, that can only happen with your own permission, right? Your own internal permission. And so if you don't give permission for that to happen, then it's not going to happen. That's exactly what I was looking for. It's your ability to allow your clients to take your energy or not. Mm -hmm. And it is a practice and it really is. It takes a lot of work to go inside of yourself and find out where you're at and where your own permissions are. So for anybody listening, there are there are a lot of grounding techniques and there are a lot of ways that you can do this. So if you have clients on your books that you just almost dread seeing because you know they're going to take your energy, you have to kind of instead of placing that placing that blame on them, it really is an inside job. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you touched on that. And that's just what I wanted to bring attention to is it's really your own allowance of that, of yeah. them to take that energy or not. So it's, it's some self-work to do. It is. And try to think of all of the reasons why you love and appreciate this person. I mean, you know what, because this is just life. This is just, you're going to have people in your family. You might have like someone in your friend group, a coworker that, you know, they're just not your favorite because of the energy exchange that ends up happening and you know, how that makes you feel and whatever. And so it's always really important to come back to all of the things that you really love and appreciate about that person so that you can go into it with a more positive mindset and stay focused on all of the good things. You know, like this is a great client. They stay on your books. They're purchasing products from you. They're referring people to you. Um, and that automatically is going to help to change that energy energy as well, but between you. So, you know, that's probably the first thing that you want to do is like try to change. We cannot change other people. I mean, it is just not a thing. You can only change yourself and the way that you feel about any given situation. And so it is like Tiffany said, like that's an inside job. That is a lot of internal work that needs to be done that, and that starts with you. So that would be the best place to start in that type of a situation. Beautifully said. Also, another way to serve your clients and build connection is through gratitude and by expressing that gratitude often. It is so important to thank your clients every time you interact with them, whether they buy from you or not. I always, always thank my clients when they leave me a tip and I verbally say it. Even my clients, I see on a regular basis. I will always say thank you for the tip. It means so much. And I know like all of my regulars are like, okay, you know I'm going to tip you. You don't have to keep thanking me. I continue to thank them. And um, some of them will reference and say, you know, it's not much. And I always say I'm so grateful. Thank you so much because they don't have to do that. Tips are not required. They're appreciated. And coming and expressing that gratitude to them lets them know that you are thankful for their business. They are spending their money with you, their hard-earned money with you, and they're creating time in their busy schedules to um, come see you. And I feel like it goes so 
far when you express that gratitude. Never assume that they know you're thankful. You have to say it out loud. Oh, yeah. And I think that this would be a really great place to you know, possibly end the conversation is how do we thank our clients for being on our books all the time? And so verbally telling them thank you every single time, no matter what. Um, I know a lot of people who still do handwritten thank you cards. In fact, um, there's a woman that I work with within our group and without our, our group, I worked with her one-on-one and she, from the very beginning was like, I'm still writing handwritten thank you cards. And I know that is so like, not with the times. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. You'd stay on that train. You should keep doing that, especially because it's not with the times that actually takes more time, you know, for you to do that. And you should keep doing that. And so there's a lot of ways that we can do that. And I also think like, I always recommend – I'm not a big big events person necessarily. I think I like to do maybe one to two events per year. But I do think that at one of those events, which is usually during the holidays, you should have some um, customer appreciation promotions. And I also think if you have the means to give small gifts at – you know, holidays, you probably should. And it doesn't need to be anything crazy. Even if that is when you send out thank you cards and you send them a holiday card from your business and you just, you know, have a mass produced from, you know, Walmart or Costco or wherever you do, I actually uh, recommend paper culture and, you know, have a normal holiday card, but then just put a little note on there, you know, that's personalized to them and send them a Christmas card. Like it doesn't need to be anything big, but the more appreciation that we can show for our clients, the more we're going to create that bond with them. And so that looks a little bit different for everybody. But I do think that again, if the, if when you first start working with somebody or even over time, you're your end goal is how do I create the most optimal long-term relationship with this person? Then one of your main thoughts should be, how do I thank them and stay in total gratitude for them? Because I wouldn't be anything without them. They are your success. And so it's so important to continue continually express that to them. Let them know how much you love and appreciate them and their business and thank them for their loyalty to you. And there's, so, you know, that's something you really want to figure out and nail. How am I doing that, you know, continually, but also is there something that I could do, you know, once per year that is a very much focused on customer appreciation. Um, I have a few spa partners who do that very specifically once a year. And their clients really look forward to that and really appreciate it. And that's kind of how they just keep that bond going with them. So there's many, it can look a lot of different ways, but I do think that that is absolutely key in in creating that success. It's just so much gratitude and appreciation for them. So much. And this also just, I do want to end on this note because it's such a beautiful note to end on, but it just made me think of too, to always love your clients where they're at, even when they leave you. And there's so much grace and this can be done in such a kind and beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So never assume that your clients are with you for life. Always treat them as if their next appointment is not secured, even if they've been seeing you for 10 years. And if they choose to go to someone down the street, if they choose to start buying product from someone else, you can still love them and support them in that and help them feel supported and always try to leave that door open because oftentimes than not, they more, if you do, if you leave that door open, you know, wish them well, send them your love, always know you're here for them when, if, and when they need you, oftentimes your clients will come back. And, you know, some, some people just get bored. Some people like shiny things and get distracted and that's okay. So that's something that I can't recommend enough either is to basically never think that, you know, you have it in the bag with these clients that have been seeing you forever. Always treat them and your relationship as if it could go away tomorrow because it could. And if it does, it's okay. Send them with your love leave that door open, support them in that. And um, yeah, wish them well. Wow. That was 
Beautiful. Such a great point and so important. Thank you for bringing that up because that actually hadn't crossed my mind. That's, yes, ideal. That's amazing. Thank you. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that is really good. Gosh, if you guys have any questions about navigating things with your clients, please reach out to us. Send us a DM or we do have an email address. It's just beyond aesthetics podcast at gmail.com aesthetics is just with an e you're always welcome to contact us there with any questions that you have about this topic and any other topic and also shoot us some ideas for things that you would love for us to address and talk about um or just say hey what's up yes and we would so appreciate your review on if you do tune into the podcast and download the episode, we would love, love, love a review. An honest review would be great. You're like, hey, your uh, sound quality sometimes is a really yes. questionable. We're still working it out, guys. We're aware. <laughs> we know. We know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you, um, we'd love for you to follow us too on social media. You can find me. My name again is Tiffany, and you can find me at, at Sweet Cheeks University or at Sweet Cheeks Waxing Skincare on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, and I am just at the underscore SD with an E underscore coach on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. Tiffany has a website too. Oh, yeah, you can visit us at sweetcheeksuniversity.com. Especially if you need consultation forms, I do have some available on there and they're reasonably priced and you can customize them to your own branding if needed or they're ready to go. Download and print. So I know that can be a pain point for some trying to find a good one. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining. Uh, We really appreciate you and, and just love doing this for you and love hearing all of your feedback. So thank you for spending some time with us. And um, we hope that you have pretty dreams and enjoy your weekend. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.